Welcome, and thank you for watching today. We hope this message brings you hope and encouragement. We also love to be encouraged by hearing from you. If God has done something in your life and you'd like to share it, please email us at saw at rttnchurch.com. That's S-A-W at rttnchurch.com. What is saw? Here at RTTN, we believe in signs and wonders. God is always making himself known through his power, and one of the best ways is through your testimony. We also want to let you know that you can be a part of the RTTN Church family and what God is doing here in Chattanooga through giving. You can give through our mobile app or through our website. Just visit rttn.church give. Thanks again for joining us at Redemption. Let's get into the message. Good morning. Thanks. You can be seated. I um, I never take this for granted nor take it lightly. Even though, you know, you do what you do in life, whatever you do. I imagine you do it every day, maybe five, six days a week. And I imagine that in what you do, it requires a lot of your attention, a lot of your dedication, a lot of your motivation, a lot of your... Uh, just doing it. And in, in what we get to do in life, it's an opportunity to just kind of share some words of hope with people from all walks of life. People who maybe need to experience what true hope really is. But you know, you really cannot have hope unless you have faith. Faith is something that is like a tool that can be used from a toolbox in your life. Faith oftentimes can, is misunderstood. It's not just a name it and claim it and I'm going to receive it. I mean, and, and I'm all for that. But I'm only for that which he instructs us to name and then claim. Because God knows what's best for our lives. As, as I have been preparing for this, these services today, I prepared some as we were on the road traveling. I prepared some in my office. I prepared some on the water, just, just trying to just listen. Because in our church, we have the high honor of having what I believe to be probably two of the greatest pastors that are alive today on the earth. And they set a pretty high standard every single Sunday. And you know, one of the things that... that that really spoke to Lori and I when we, when we came here a long, long, long time ago was, and it has played out weekend after, just literally week after week, year after year, now into decade, is that every single time Kevin or Devin touch a microphone and go to the stage, it is a fresh word. It's a now word. And, and I've noticed it with, with Pastor Anna this morning, that the same anointing that's on them was on her this morning. The same anointing that, that's on Kevin was on Josh this morning. I saw that very clearly. And if you, if you take time to just look at our team of, of people who, who serve here, who work here, you know, that anointing is on them. But what's interesting is the anointing starts at the top and it flows all the way, all the way to anyone 
who has eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So as I was preparing for today, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to talk about not breaking your agreement. Not breaking your agreement. In other words, don't come out of agreement once you enter into agreement. And that may not mean anything to you yet, but it's going to in a few minutes. And the one thing that I will not do most probably is I probably will not use all of my time today. This may be a very, very short service. And as sure as I say that, I'll go for a long time. <laughs> but my intention is to not go for a long time. Matthew 18, 19 talks about assuredly, well, starting at verse 18, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 19, again, I say to you that if two of you, watch this word, agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it, whatever you've just agreed upon, whatever you've just asked for, will be done for you by my Father in heaven. 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That is a very familiar verse in the faith circles because we understand that God has given us the power and the authority to bind and loose, to come into agreement. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. A couple of examples. When you and I come into agreement, it doesn't have to just be on super spiritual stuff. Even though super spiritual stuff is a wonderful thing to agree upon. I recently had a partner of our ministry give our ministry a vehicle. And I was very thankful for it. And I enjoy driving it. What I did not enjoy was when I, had, when I got it within the first three hours, it died. And, and I did not know what to say or do. So I just sat there in this parking lot going, the car just died. <laughs> and so I called the person from, from whom the car came. I said, well, I really appreciate this vehicle and I, and I, and I thank you, but the, it just died. My next phone call was to a wrecker service to which it was taken to a place for the car to be fixed. I got the car back. I was driving down, um, going towards Chickamauga Dam. And right before I got there, as I was driving along, just enjoying myself, I had Lori and Meg was with us, and maybe Ellie was with us. We were driving, and suddenly, in traffic, at an accelerated rate of speed, the car died a second time. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm coming into agreement. This car is going to stop stopping. So I called a record the second time, and here comes the record. The third time, <laughs> I'm driving on the interstate. It dies. Keith, who runs our ministry, was right behind me in his vehicle. Thank God. We pulled over. I said, we, I guess I need to call somebody. Call the, by this point, the record service is on speed dial in my phone. We're, we're good friends now. I'm getting a good rate. And they take my car, and they get it fixed, and, then, and it is resolved. And I get in my car, and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, in a beautiful day, it was about 94 degrees outside, not a cloud in the sky, my windshield wipers start going off. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I could almost see God in heaven. I could almost see him going, Jesus, watch this. Is, this watch this. And I could hear this. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? 
And again, this is not super spiritual stuff. We're not talking about, you know, binding this and binding that. Even though at some point along this process, I did begin to bind the devil from my windshield wipers because I was at a restaurant sitting outside and the motor was off. And all of a sudden, my windshield wipers start going. And I get my phone out. This, I've, got the, I've got it in my phone. And I did a two-minute video. And I'm watching this as my windshield wipers are going. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. I call BMW. And they go, ding, there's no. I said, I've got the video. Bring it to me. They get it fixed. I drive out of the parking lot. Before I get on the road. Now, I'm telling you that not just to make you laugh, but I'm get, there's a real point here. I had to make a decision. And the decision was this. Father, you care about this car because you gave it to me. The people who gave it to us care because they sowed it as a seed. They didn't know there was this issue going on with it. And it was small. It was a very minimal thing to have resolved, but it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those little things that we think, well, that won't really matter. That's what's going to matter the most. And so when they resolved it and they said, yep, we've got to order a part from Germany. It'll be here Friday. Well, Friday came and the part did not show up. It was the following Tuesday at 4.45 p.m. when they handed me the keys and said, you're all right, everything is fixed. And my point is, I had an opportunity to witness to some people over a car whose windshield wipers were absolutely out of control. At my office, there, is, there are some guys who are very smart. And they work on a lot of high-tech stuff. And one of these is a, like a mechanical engineer, and he was outside doing something to his car. And I, I walked into my office, and I came back outside. He said, I think your car has a ghost. Oh, it has a ghost, all right. He said, Dean, have you noticed? I said, yeah, man, I've noticed. <laughs> but it gave me an opportunity to really just open some dialogue with him. Dialogue that he, he and I had not before had. Because it gave me the opportunity to say, you know what, this is what I do in life. This is what God's called us to do. And this is just one of those things. It's, just, it's, it's really trying to be a distraction to us. It's trying to take us down a road that, where I get frustrated, where I come out of my peace. And if you come out of your peace, you open yourself up for the enemy to get your goods. When you are in peace, that is your aggressive weapon of warfare and it cannot be touched by the enemy unless you open your mouth and give him entree into your world. So what do you do with that? What do you do with the life you get to live when the enemy comes in? You know, there, there, there's a verse that says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. Do you know the comma is in the wrong place? That verse actually says this. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. That's much more of who God is. It's when you and I understand that we can take a scripture. And when I was preparing for this, the Lord said to me, there will be those there today who pray in fear. And I've done that. I've prayed going, oh Lord, please don't let this, please don't let that. And that prayer does not touch heaven. Honestly, it doesn't touch the ceiling. Because the only prayer that God is honor-bound to respond to is his word coming out of your mouth in faith. 
When we begin to say, Father, your word says that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound and disciplined mind. And Father, we take authority over that which is trying to come against us. We do so according to Matthew 16, 19. You've given us the keys to the kingdom that whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Father, we thank you that you've given us that authority. We take that authority and we come against that thing. Guess what? The atmosphere begins to change. You can sense it here because his word is powerful. So what is God instructing you to do with your life at this point? Whether you're the youngest here, you're somewhere in between, or you're, you're the, the most senior of senior, what has God instructed you to do with your life? And when you and I look at our lives and we, we say, God, why would he let you live in this, in this moment? Why would he put you here in 2018 in, in a time where with a few pushes of a few buttons, you can talk to the world with your telephone? I think about 15, 20 years down the road, if Jesus hasn't returned yet, what will our society look like from, from the standpoint of technology? What will you be able to do? The Bible is very clear. See, he, he says, Jesus said it this way, greater works will you do. And I've often wondered, what are those greater works? I mean, you, you raised the dead, you, 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 you opened blind eyes, you opened deaf ears, you, you touched, you, you, were, you did all of that. What, what is greater? You ever considered that for yourself? What greater works has he established for you to do? You know, I was recently, for those of you, maybe, maybe you don't know, for the last 20, January 1 to be 27 years, I have been speaking in high schools. That's what, that's what we do. It's our assignment. And I don't get outside of that during the week. I stay very focused on, you know, we've, we've ministered over 3,200 high schools now. We never charge anybody anything because God told me don't ever charge. And in 1993, when I started, I thought, I'm gonna, I, I, will, I will absolutely starve. We're not charging. How's, how, how, this is my full-time job. How, how are we, and he had to teach me. And I, I want to be as transparent with you as I know how to be. For many years during, those, during that first decade, I looked to people as my source. With the best of intentions, but I was wrong. And I would put pressure on people to give. I can remember getting in my car and as I'm leaving town, I'd call somebody. I remember one particular in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, he, in, he had given in his life $30 million to people and he, he was a, a, wasn't even that strong of a believer, but he just loved people and he loved to help. And I remember I called him and I said, hey, I'm heading out. I've got seven schools here in the next three days. I, I need 5,000. I, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I'm, I'm leaving in faith. He said, I'll send it to you. And I remember the next, one of the next couple of days, I, I called a gentleman and I said, hey, and he interrupted me and he says, Dean, it would be so nice to hear from you when you were not asking for money. And I cried, it crushed me. It crushed me. Because I wasn't trying to put pressure, but I was so young in faith that I was out there beyond where I should have been. I had to get into this book and I had to find what was God saying to me. And I had to understand how to literally touch heaven by using the word of God and coming to him and, and understanding this is how we fight our battles. Praise is, is, is a weapon. For, for years, I was Phil Driscoll's manager and I traveled the world with him and I, and I saw music become a force in our lives that could literally change not only environments, I saw, it, I saw it be used by God to usher the healing anointing in and people be healed in services just like that. I saw how music that is truly anointed by God can, can take you to places. That's why I get so thankful here because I, I see the anointing on people here who are up on the stage. The other day I was, I was in a school in Louisiana 
And we had, we had been in a bunch of schools, and this was one of our last events of that trip. And I, I was ministering, and I was talking, and just sharing what we always, you know, try to encourage. Again, back to that hope thing, and, and words of hope, and establishing that God has a plan for your life. And people ask me all the time, how can you say what you say in public schools? It's very simple. I just do it. I open my mouth, and I just say it. But I know my limitations, and I don't go past those limitations. In your life, whatever it is that you do, there are boundaries that God establishes, and those boundaries are to create safe places for you and I not to go past those. But I've spoken at schools that have had school shootings, and that gives us a little bit of credibility out there. And we've been doing this almost 27 years, and that gives us a little bit of credibility, and we're not charging you. And I got through speaking, and a young man, all dressed in black. Now, it was hot, so he had this long trench coat on, and he was walking towards me. My first thought was, run. My second thought was, he's not giving me a spirit of fear. <laughs> so I stood there. He said, hey, Mr. Dean. And I always laugh when teenagers say Mr. Dean. It's better than Mr. Sykes, so that's, that's good. And he goes, hey, I really liked what you had to say. I said, well, thanks, man. I said, what's your name? And he told me, he said, but that God stuff you talked about. I said, yeah. He said, I don't believe. I said, well, okay. You will. <laughs> I said, well, have a great day, but I got to go. There's a bunch of students over here. I'm glad I got to meet you. I got to go talk to these young people. He said, wait a minute. And he grabbed my arm. I said, yeah. He says, aren't you going to try to talk me into believing? I said, no. He says, what happened if I die? You'll go to hell. I'm not a pastor. <laughs> Those of you who may not have figured that out by now, don't judge the church by me. <laughs> Come back Wednesday. Kevin and Devin will be here. And if you're visiting, come back Sunday for sure. Because they will love on you. My idea, there's a Bible. Open it up. Read it. It will tell you what to do. Go do it. Pastors, you know, love to comfort and, and counsel and love on you. And that's, I'm so thankful for that. That's not me. What will happen if I don't believe? You will go to hell. There's only two choices here. He says, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I got to go, though. I'm working here. He says, but I said, there is no but here. And I knew the Lord was leading me through this. I wasn't being ugly. I knew what I was doing here with this young man. And he grabbed my arm again. He says, wait a minute. And he stopped. And tears filled his eyes. And he said, I used to go to church. I said, man, I am so glad that you used to go to church, but my car goes to church. It's not going to heaven or hell. This isn't about going to a church, even though going to church is really important. Then he said, no, you don't understand. I got hurt. I said, I understand that. I meet a lot of people in a lot of churches who get, have gotten hurt, and they never really deal with that. You know, one of the lessons the Lord has taught me through all these years of ministry is this. If you and I don't deal with our emotions, our emotions will deal with us. They're not going away. And God built emotions. Josh just said it. Jesus wept. He, he did so because he, he was here on the earth as Jesus, the son of man. He had emotions, he had feelings, he had true, I mean, he, he truly was concerned about people. So this young, this young guy and I are talking and he goes, what do I want to do? What, do you, what should I do here? I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I don't want to go to hell. I said, well, only one way that I know of. I've read it from Genesis to Revelation. I said, do you want to become a Christian? He said, yes, sir, I do. I said, close your eyes. He went, right here? Yes, right here. What if right now Jesus is getting on that horse? 
What if right now, today, sitting here, as we are sitting in this auditorium, God has just said, it's time. Well, how do you know? How do you know it's not going to happen? I mean, it is going to happen at some point. There will be a day. There will be a moment. There will be an instant in time when God says, Jesus, now. The horse is ready. You'll see it from the east. You'll, you'll hear a trumpet blast from, that you'll hear from East L.A. to South China. I meet a lot of people in churches on Sundays who go, God doesn't like it loud. Are you serious? He's not going to call you back with a ukulele. He's going to call you back with a trumpet blast. We said it earlier, the dead praise not God, neither them that go down, what? In silence. I'm telling you, this whole morning has been, has been about overcoming and taking a stand of faith on the word of God and fighting battles by your words coming out of your mouth. This is what this is about. This is how you win your battle. Well, the battle's already won. I understand that. But we have a part to play. Well, I'm waiting on God. You're backing up. No one in the natural has all of the answers, but anyone, anywhere, has access to the answers. It's when we open up the book and read, when we simply believe what his word says. There's nothing more important in our lives than the word of God being active in our lives because that word is what produces. When we leave for a trip, our team will always gather and we'll pray. And we'll believe God for our safety. We'll believe God for wherever we're going, that lives will be impacted, that, that we won't, it won't just be another date. It'll be an assignment from heaven because if we're going to leave and leave our families and, and go do this and then be gone for a day, two days, four days, however long it is, and then come back, I, I want to be there for a purpose. And that day, that young man in that Louisiana high school with a bunch of students looking at us said, they're, they're going to talk about me. I said, man, don't worry about it. Who cares? He said, well, I don't care. Let's just pray. I said, let's pray. He received Jesus right there on the spot. I walk, no, watch this. I walk over here to these students. There's probably 60, 70 kids waiting to tell me their stories. And why are there, why are there so many waiting? Because that's the anointing that God's given us. What's the anointing that he's given you? What is your assignment? You, it would, if you went with me for one trip and you saw, well, I'm not in administering the teenagers. You don't have to be in administering the teenagers. Just go see what's out there. Just, just, Right there. We're coming back to get that, okay? We're going to come right back there and get that. One second. Don't let me forget that. 70 kids. I'm coming back to talk to 70 kids. What's out there? This is a 12-gauge shotgun shell. The other day in, where were we? Bowling Green, Kentucky. A high school junior walks up to me, six foot, three inches tall, blonde hair, blue-eyed, great-looking kid, comes up to me, says, thank you for telling me that I matter. I thought he was all over. I said, well, man, you're welcome. He says, here's my pledge card. We have kids sign a pledge. I choose to live and not die for three reasons. God created me as an original for purpose, for relationship. He said, here's my pledge card. He then backs up two steps, eyes filled with tears. He says, wait a minute, I got to be honest with you. He hands me this 12-gauge shotgun shell and says to me, this afternoon, four hours from now, I was going out to the football field. I was going to end my life. Can I please give you this shell? This happens every day that I'm on the road. Every single day that I'm on the road, something like this happens. Not because I'm such a great speaker. Dear God, I remember when I spoke at Liberty University, 7,000 kids were there. I gave an altar call. 1,000 came forward. I called Lori. I said, 1,000 just came forward. These were her exact words. Honey, that is so great. Praise God. Don't ever forget this. God spoke through a donkey once. Her exact words. I have the T-shirt. It's called the Humbleizer. <laughs> 70 kids. Thank you. I'm talking to these students. Across the gymnasium, 
here comes the kid who just got born again. And he, I promise you, he's dragging somebody behind him. You know, Mr. Dean, what? I'm working. He said, this is my best friend. I said, hello. The first young man who got born again 10 minutes ago said to me, he's worse than I was. He's going straight to hell. Uh, please, please, would you lead him to Jesus? Now watch. That first young man is an evangelist. He didn't even know it because his first thought was, my best friend's going to hell. I got to go get him. I got to go get him. He's got to hear this message too. Now, the point is this. In your workplace, you don't have to stand behind a podium to have a ministry. In fact, I would suggest that you're much more effective in what you're doing than trying to be something that you were never called to be. It'd be like me trying to be a mechanic. That would be the most... They all laugh on the front row. I do have feelings. I mean, I'm not a robot, right? But I, I know how to, I know this. I don't know how to change oil. I know two things. Put gas in that car, and every, when they put a little sticker at the top, keep an eye on that, because that's when the oil's got to be changed. Now, there are those in this, in this room that could take an engine apart. They could assemble. And you see, those are, well, that's not ministry. Don't kid yourself. What if you found a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old who was going straight to hell? You said, hey, let me show you how to let me teach you something about something that's going to be a lifelong experience for you. And in the process of showing them how to rebuild an engine, you show them how to rebuild their lives. You see, ministry opportunities are out there at any given moment. At any given moment. I, I was at, um, in Cleveland the other day. And I stopped to check on our kids because all three of our children go to Lee and you know, it was just one of those moments I was, I was in town. I said, I'm just going to go check on them. So I went by and said hi to them. And Meg, our youngest, grabbed, jumped in my car. We said, let's go eat lunch. So we went to get some lunch. And I'm sitting there. I noticed that the gentleman who was serving our table was just doing so with such excellence. During our first 25 years of ministry, we, at the end of that 25 years, I put together a book. And we figured that conservatively, we had eaten out 7,645 times in restaurants. So I've been to a few restaurants around the world, and this young man was just doing it with such excellence. And I stopped him. I said, hey, man, I just want to tell you, you are really doing this in excellence. It, it represents God. And his eyes filled with tears, and he goes, I lead music at a local church. I said, man, you must be great at that because you're wonderful at this. Within, because I enjoy ice cream, went to a little place you can get ice cream. And we're walking past and there's this elderly couple, they were getting out of a van and he was in a wheelchair. She was trying to get him into the van. It was their first time out I was about to learn. And I said, hey, do you need some help? She said, no, I got it. And the spirit of God said to me, that man's in ministry, minister to him. I said, sir, I just want you to know that the Lord spoke to me and that every single time you have laid hands on someone, that was a seed for healing. And according to Genesis 1:11, seeds produce after their own kind. So guess what? You can call in the harvest for your healing. He said, young man, I always enjoy that. Young man? I said, yes, sir. He said, I've been in ministry 54 years. My wife and I have ministered together all over the country. I said, I, I can only imagine the stories you could tell. And he, his eyes filled with tears. He goes, I'm in this chair, but I'm coming out of it. I said, amen. Because you see, if two or three agree, you see, we're not coming out of our agreement.
We're staying there because once we enter into an agreement, it'll stay with us throughout eternity. We go into this little place, and I think our order was like, I don't know, five or six dollars. And I handed the girl behind the counter twenty dollars. I said, What do you want me to do with that change? She said, well, you can give it to me. And she kind of smiled and that little sheepish smile like, I'm just kidding. I went, keep it. And her eyes dilated. It was 16 bucks. You want me to keep it? Yeah, I want you to keep it. But if you're going to keep it, I got to tell you why you get to keep it. Okay, why? I said, when I walked in here, God spoke to me, to whatever, the, whatever it was, to give you the balance as a seed. And she's sitting there trying to figure out what she was really thinking was, you're telling me that God still speaks. Yeah, God still speaks. And he'll speak to anyone in this room. He'll speak to anyone watching on live stream. What's required? Willingness. You know, when we come to the end of ourselves, something really special happens. We realize it has very, very little, if anything, to do with any of us. God will use anybody who's willing to be used. The other day when you told me, Corey, about your voice, I thought you know what, I'm just going to agree that your voice is going to be stronger than it's ever been. I don't care what anybody says. I got that kind of faith to believe with you. Even if you don't have it, I got it because I want to see you sing. I've heard you sing years ago. Well, you're trying to give me false hope. Well, my God, it's like if you pray for somebody, are they going to get worse? Seriously, people go, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? You see, faith says, I believe in the, fa in the face of understanding it's not going to happen according to the natural. i got enough faith to believe that with God all things are possible, comma, only what? Believe. There's my agreement. It's agreeing with what the Word says. It's agreeing that all things are possible. It's agreeing that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It's agreeing that God is greater. It's agreeing that the enemy has been defeated. It's agreeing that, you know what the Holy Spirit comes to do? His word, the Word says it. The Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin. Do you know what the sin is? It's the sin of unbelief. God doesn't convict you if you don't tithe. He convicts you if you don't have enough faith to believe He can supply all your needs. God doesn't need your money. His streets are paved with gold. I went to an ATM one day and I said, I was getting some cash out. He said, what is that? I said, it's money. He said, it's wrong. It's paper. He said, you all get so worked up over paper. My streets are paved with gold. What he was saying is, come on up. Come on up. If you're going to eat at a different level, you've, you've got to come on up. You've got to believe that this word is what, it's what it says it is. What is your assignment? The, the hallmark, if you will, of faith. But anybody in this room probably could quote. It's Mark 11, 23 and 24. We're talking about don't come out of your agreement. What if you set yourself in agreement, whether with your husband, your wife, your best friend, your brother, your sister, or with the Holy Spirit? What have you set yourself in agreement for? I have someone in my life who is a very strong spiritual covering for Lori and I in our ministry. And I was having a conversation with this individual. And as I did, the Lord spoke to me to sew, S-O-W, a watch into his life. And I did. And he was extremely thankful because there's a story behind the watch. About three or four, uh, two or three months ago, I was sitting in this individual's home and we were talking. And it was, a, it was a, I shared with, with Josh and Chris earlier today, it was like a father-son conversation. And later that night, 
I was at a service and I, I was walking through a green room heading out to a car to go to a hotel and there was a, a box there with a note and they handed it to me and they said, this individual wants you to have this. And so I opened it up and it was the, the watch that I had given this individual some time ago. And I had to leave the room pretty quickly because I was like, I know what that meant. And my, I was just overcome with just a gratitude. That old saying, an attitude of gratitude. Well, that'll take you a long way in life. When you just are thankful. Thankful for what? That you woke up. Thankful that you, you, you could have a place to come. I mean, Kevin says this all the time. We're sitting in a debt-free church slash ministry. I mean, all we have to do is believe God. What's the next assignment, Lord? So, Pastor Anna talked about today. Things we don't even know that are going on that are happening every single day of the week because we have two people who hear from God and then they communicate to the team and we have a team that doesn't understand no. They just get up there and get it done. So, when I was given that watch, I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to believe me and I want you to come into agreement with him that you're going to be able to give him another watch. A specific watch and I did and he and I came into agreement little did I know that the watch that we had just come into agreement for was discontinued nine years ago so I called two friends of mine in the jewelry business I said I need this particular watch can you please find it and they began a worldwide literally worldwide search well in the midst of all this three weeks ago I texted this friend of mine I said I know how much this watch means to you and they tell me this has been discontinued and I don't want to be out of faith and I don't want to come out of our agreement, but watch for the buts in life. But if you would like, I will send this back to you today. You'll have it tomorrow. I know what this watch means to you. I got a two word response. No, sir. With a couple of exclamation points. <laughs> okay. All right. Got it. Just checking. <laughs> two weeks ago, I was sitting at, um, what's that Mexican restaurant we go to a lot? Salsaritas? Salsaritas, yeah. I was, there, I was there by myself. And I got a text from one of those jewelers and they said, I'm sorry, Dean, it's discontinued. We haven't been able to find it. And I sat there and in a moment I had an opportunity. Am I going to stay in faith or am I going to come out of it and crater, and crater to the unbelief? Again, not a very super spiritual thing I'm discussing today. These are real life issues that you and I, remember my windshield wipers. Not spiritual, just very troubling. If yours does that ever, come talk to me. I know how to beat that one. I sat in Salsaritas. And I said, Lord, you know where that watch is. And we've got agreement. And according to your word, in Matthew, where two or three agree is touching anything in Jesus' name, it shall be done. And Lord, your word says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So Father, I don't know where this is, but I know it's out there on this planet somewhere. So I'm asking you to tell me in Jesus' name. And then I got quiet. Because if you and I are doing all the talking and the one who has all the answers never has an opportunity to put the word in edgewise, edgewise we're missing it. And I shut my mouth. I promise you, as God is my witness, it was less than 20 seconds. I threw my trash away. I hit the door. And the Lord said to me, one word. I went 
as quickly as I could to my office, got online, went to this one word website, put in a, sub, a title for this particular kind of watch, hit enter, and the very first watch that popped up was the watch. I immediately, immediately called the, the company and said, hi, this is on your website, is it still available? They said, well, we'll call you right back. They called me back in 10 minutes and said, Mr. Sykes? I said, yes, ma'am. They said, we have checked. Every store we have, and this is one of those stores that they've got stores all over the world, worldwide, this is the only watch that exists of its kind. It's our last one in inventory. We're not even sure how it got here. It's, it is out of production. I'm thinking, I know how it got there. Psalms 103, angels heed the voice of the word. I came into agreement. Well, I don't believe in angels. You're missing out. I said, I'll take it. I called my friend and I said, well, I told him what I just told you. And he shouted because we did not come out of agreement. And today, whatever it is, maybe, maybe the watch is a silly example, but it's, it's a very, very true example. Don't come out of agreement if your marriage is in trouble. Believe God. Matthew 19, 6, what God is joined together, let not man separate. You got a bad report from the doctor. Believe God. He bore our sin, sickness, and disease in his body. But on, his, on, I mean, by his, on his body, by his stripes, you were healed. I'm out of money. Well, stop saying that for the first, you know, stop saying I'm out of money. Start declaring something. Well, that's lying. No, that's calling those things that be not as though they already were. Remember, anything God's going to do for you, he's already done. Well, I don't have money for tuition. Stop saying you don't have that and begin to thank God that you do because he is the God of anything and everything that we need. It's what do we do with that? Many people that we encounter on the road have the faith to give, but they have to develop the faith to receive. And I've learned it takes a lot more faith to, to receive than it does to sow. But God will owe no man anything. Romans 13, 80, he tells us that. Owe no man anything except to love for he who loves another. That's what? Fulfilled the law. In your life and in my life today, it's all about the agreement factor with the word. Well, what do you do when it doesn't work? You dust yourself off, you get back up and go, God, where did I miss it? Because God, it's never God's fault. I've had to do that more times than I can even begin to tell you. There have been times when I've gone onto a stage and I've said things and I've I've walked off and I just knew I missed it. But yet there may have been 8,000 people in an arena clapping, but that didn't mean a thing because the applause of man can never silence the silence of God. It's not about how many people we get to see. It's not about how big of a ministry. What? No, no, no. no. It's about do we love God and do we love people? Because the word says... All things work together for good to those who what? Love God and who are called according to his purpose. If you love God and you are in the calling that is his purpose for your life, all things will work together for your good. Well, then you don't know what it's like. Oh, let's just get real honest. And I've shared this before, but many of you probably haven't heard this. There was a time before I got married, I was, I was speaking in Florida and I didn't have money to stay in a hotel. I didn't have enough money to stop. I had just enough money, I'd budgeted out to put enough gas in my 1989 Honda Accord to get us home. Us meaning me and the Lord. There was no staff. I'll never forget the night that I walked into my apartment at 1701 North Concord Road, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37421, apartment 154, upstairs by myself, walked in, hit the light switch and there were no lights. I thought, has there been a storm? I went to turn my television on and there was no cable. 
there must have been a storm. I then went to pick up my telephone and I had no service. And I realized while I was out doing the, Lord, the work of the Lord, my electricity had been turned off, my cable television had been turned off, and my telephone had been turned off. I do know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to take a shower in that little apartment, drive myself up to Hamilton Place Mall with my head soaking wet. Thank God they opened it up at 7 o'clock in the morning for people to walk, walk into the shopping center men's restroom and put my head under a hairdryer and dry my head. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to have three kids that are five and under, all of which needed food, formula, or diapers. And I called a dear friend of mine. I said, I need some help. And he said, no, I cannot help you today. And yet I knew he's one of the wealthiest guys I know. He could help me any day of the week, but the Lord wouldn't let him help me. And I got so angry because I was not in agreement with the word. I was in agreement with survival mode and that does not work. And God loved me enough to let me know, you're gonna have to figure this out. I've shown you the way, walk in it. But if you refuse to walk in it, I can only take you so far. I know what it feels like to be sexually abused. I know what it feels like to be angry. I know what it feels like to walk in unforgiveness for 20-something years. I know what it feels like to walk into the person 22 years later who had abused me and my life unravel. And I was on TBN, Daystar, reaching a quarter of a billion people a night sharing my story. And I could not get off my own couch. So, yeah, maybe at this point in our life, God lets us stand behind these a lot. But I can tell you. You don't stand behind these until you're out there going through what I'm describing today. And until you and I come into agreement that there is a plan, there is a plan that God can take the, what the enemy's worst thoughts are for you and turn it. But ladies and gentlemen, it requires faith. It requires you and I saying, well, let me just, I'll just read it to you that I'm through. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. The actual translation, if you look through it, it says, have God's faith. Have the God kind of faith. The very next verse tells us how to do that. Verse 23, Mark 11. For assuredly, this is Jesus talking, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, the Bible says there to say it three times and to believe it once. Have the God kind of faith. What kind of faith is that? When God said, let there be light, the actual translation says, then God said, light be and light was. There is no variation of his word. It was there. Every single time God, want, God wanted to change or add to his world, he opened his mouth and he said something. He then created you and I to be in his image. Genesis 1, 27, 28, let us make, create man in our own image. In the image of man, let us create. When God created the world, he did so by opening his mouth and speaking. Then he created you according to Genesis 1, 27, 28 to be just like him. Today, I can assure you, I can promise you without any hesitation of contradiction that your words are creating your world. I'll never have that. You won't. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I will never, I'll never get married. Enjoy being single. It's what I sang and ministered this morning. Do we understand how much God loves us? Do we understand how much God loves us? That if you were the only person that ever walked the face of the earth, he would have still done it for you. Today, as I close my time with you, 
here's what the Lord told me to do. If you respond, wonderful. If you don't, it's, there's no pressure at all. I remember a long, long time ago, the Lord spoke to me. He says, hey, Dino. I said, yes, sir. He said, how do you, uh, how do you um, measure a crowd? I said, sir, he says, how do you measure or build a crowd? I said, I don't know. You're asking. I know there's a reason. He said, well, I do it one person at a time. He said, let us never again have a discussion about people and numbers of people at events. Let's just be concerned about the people who I assign you to. And since that day, I was in Dallas, Texas one day, and I literally drove from Dallas, Texas to Birmingham, Alabama all night, walked across a cow field, and sat down in a teen challenge with three teenage young ladies. And the Lord said, thank you for coming. Many of you have done the same kind of things. You've bought dinner for someone. You've bought someone's lunch. You've gone to visit them at a hospital. You've written them a note. You, you've just been who you are. You've been Jesus to them. And today, a big, big challenge with Christians, oftentimes they get weary and well-doing. They just get tired. Lori and I have had to come into agreement to see things happen that one day when it's, when it's the right time and God releases us, we will tell you the, the entirety of our story and it will freak you out. And I promise you, you will say these words. If God will use them after that story, I know he'll use me. Nothing immoral, nothing like that. But I'm telling you, there is a real enemy out there. And his assignment, and don't get it confused. Oftentimes people say it was to kill, steal, and destroy. No, read it correctly. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal your peace. Don't let him steal the assignment on your life. Don't let him steal your ability to hear from God by getting so weary you can't hear anything because you're so worn out. So here's my question. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and I'm through. I ministered last Sunday in a church, and I asked this question, and it was amazing to me just asking this question, these two or three questions, the number of people who responded. If today was the last day of your life and God did say to Jesus, now's the time, get on that horse. And life as we know it came to an abrupt end, would you go to heaven or hell? It's not about signing a piece of paper and showing up for church every Sunday, even though that's wonderful to do. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? So here's my first question. If today you would say to me, Dean, I'm not saved, but I want to make that choice. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to simply raise your hand when I say three. If you're here today in this auditorium or maybe you're watching online and you've not yet made what I call the choice of a lifetime and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when I say three, would you just raise your hand? No pressure, no pull. Remember, if I can talk you into something, somebody a lot better than me can talk you out of it. One, two, three, hands up. Thank you. I see your hands. You mean, you can put them down. You mean people raise, yeah, they raised their hand because they were asked a simple question. If you're here today, you say, Dean, that whole thing of faith and living by faith, you know, I've had fear in my life. And when you said that prayers that are prayed in fear, that those just don't get the results. Maybe today there's fear in your life and you're ready to let fear go when you're ready to embrace this thing called faith. If that's you, you've got really, it's a spirit of fear and it comes from the enemy. The Bible says it this way. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. If that's you and you want it gone, when I say three, I'm just going to ask you to quickly raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Hands, please. Put them down. Thank you. Last question I'm going to ask you. Dean, that agreement thing. I want to believe that so badly. Listen, I could tell you story after story after story of how our 
being in agreement with the word has not only produced for our lives, watch this, it has saved our lives literally. Because in the natural, because of some things that have happened in our ministry with me, I should not even be standing here. They would have buried me 10 years ago. But we have agreement and God is so faithful to his word. If your agreement, you've just gotten weary and well done and you're ready to re-engage your agreement. When I say three, one, two, three, please raise your hands. Okay, put them down. Everyone look right up here. Look right up here. If you raise your hand, Dean, I'm, I'm not saved. And there were, there were multiple hands that went up. I'm not saved. I need to get it right. Dean, there's fear in my life. Or Dean, I need that agreement factor. If you raised your hand for any reason whatsoever, or as our pastor would say, or you know you should have, I'm going to invite you to simply get out of your seat and come down here when I say three. No, one, no one's going no to coerce you. It's not going to take long at all because it's Sunday morning and we have another service. Thank you so much. But if you raise your hand, everyone please stand. This is how we're going to win this battle. This is how we're going to win. I raised my hand, Dean. Now, why do I have to take a step of faith? Because when you take one step towards God, God will move all of heaven towards you. They're already coming. On the count of three, if that's you, you raised your hand, and you want prayer. One, two, three. Come quickly. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Lots of people were coming. Yeah, you might as well shout. My Lord, remember? God knows. This is your moment. Just come, come as quickly as you can, please. This is your moment. Don't get weary in well-doing. This is not a sign of weakness for the love of God. This, this is an opportunity to see God touch your life in a way that only he can. And when you and I embrace the truth, here's how I always do it. Whether, whether it's a, a school gymnasium or a, a, an arena or a detention, wherever we are, first things first, it's the choice of a lifetime. For those of you who said, I'm not saved and I want to get saved, you don't have to raise your hand up here. God knows you're here. But here's how I always have been led to do it for all these long time. Would you simply, everyone in the room, repeat this prayer after me? That way I know those who raised their hand actually are, are praying it with us. Father, I believe that Jesus walked this earth, that he died for me, that he went to hell so I wouldn't have to. I believe that Jesus is seated at your right hand, talking to you about me. Jesus, I've blown it. Come live in my heart. I repent. I'm yours. You're mine. Let's just hang out together. In Jesus' name, amen. That didn't sound too, too religious. Thank God. God's not religious. I can take that kind of talking and I can go into places that you would think there's no way you're going to win anybody and we can win literally a lot of people to Jesus by just being real. If I go to God and go, God, wherefore does thou want us me to go with? You'll probably say, over there. I say, why are you talking so strange? What if I go, hey, God, what's happening? He'll go, I am what's happening because his word says I am that I am, right? So I'm going to come by. I'm going to pray with you that fear leaves and that your agreement factor is strong. For those of you who just got born again, we have people here who will pray with you further. They'll give you a packet. I mean, this is a church that if you're not a part of yet, well, I see, I can say this. I'm not a pastor. Give, it, give Kevin and Devin six months of your life. Show up when they're, literally, show up Sunday morning. Show up Wednesday. And give them six months of your life to pour into you. Well, I got hurt by a pastor. Okay, I understand that. These are the real deal. I mean, 
There are hundreds and hundreds of people who would testify they are the real deal. They love you. They don't like being gone on Sundays. When he called me, he was like, ugh, but it's my anniversary. I said, you better go take your anniversary. Don't prove stupid, it's a real word. So come back, okay? If you just got born again, tell one of the prayer counselors when they come by because there's no way I'm going to get to everybody by myself because we do have another service coming in. But I am going to start here and I'm just going to walk down. And all I'm doing is I'm just going to agree with you. All I'm doing. But that's all we have to do. Agree. Where two or three agree is touching. And if the Lord tells me something for you, oh, this is important. If the Lord tells me something for you, I will say it. And yet... The, the gift that God has given our ministry is the prophetic. But I promise you, that, and I tell the people this every day, never live your life by prophecy alone. Put it on a shelf. Let God confirm his word with two or three witnesses. That's how he does it. Today, if I have something for you, I'm either sowing a seed, planting a seed into your life that someone behind me will come and water, or I'm watering a seed that somebody before me has already planted. But it's always God who gives the increase. Oh, Lord, tell me to start with you. Raise your hands, please. Jesus. In the next 72 hours, you watch. You watch what God does. Do you have to fall to receive? No. But you might fall. You got to receive, though. There he is. There's the anointing. Thank you, Lord. There's peace. There's, oh, God, there's peace. Relax. Relax. There's peace. There's the anointing, honey. There's the anointing. There's the anointing. There's him right there. That's the spirit of the living. There he is, right there. In the next, within the next two days, you will have a visitation by the Holy Ghost. You will have a visitation by the Holy Ghost. Have pen and paper ready because God's going to speak to you. You're serious. I hear the Lord saying, you are so serious about the things of the Lord. That's him. That's him. Watch. That's him. Don't give up. I hear the Lord saying it. Three words. Don't give up. Watch her. Don't give up. There's faith. Faith. There's faith. Faith is on the rise. That's him, honey. That's him. That's him, honey. That's him, honey. Jesus. Ooh. What do you do in life? What are you doing in life? Yeah. I'll, here's what I heard. You have sown and sown and sown and sown and sown and had, and the Lord, that's why I asked you, what do you do in life? The Lord said to me, you're ready for a harvest and it's tied to what you do in life. Your harvest, oh God, your harvest is going to astound the doubter. It's going to astound the doubter. There's the anointing right there. There's the anointing. Would you raise your hands, please, sir? Why do I ask you to raise your hands? Because no matter where we are on the planet, when a person raises his or her hands, that is a universal sign of surrender. That's him right there, sir. That's the anointing. Raise your hands. Father, I agree. I just said, thank you, Father. You've never, here this, this, this is the word. I promise to never leave you or forsake you. I promise. It's a promise. You can take God at his word. You're so special to the Lord. You are so special to the Lord. How are you, sweetie? Get ready to, you're gonna feel something. And it's not me, okay? Just relax. That's him right there. That's him. That's your daughter. The Lord's say to you, you are a mom among mom. Stop beating yourself. Doris Barker, I just saw you. You are a mom among moms. And when I saw you, I saw Doris. Love of a mom. Raise your hands. I saw you during the service today up front. And I saw you just worshiping God. And I saw your hand. There he is. There's the anointing. There's the anointing to worship. 
Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Jesus, relax. 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 Be anointed. Be anointed. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never the gonna let me down. Oh, there's the anointing. The anointing. I have watched, saith the Lord, for years as you have chased after me. I have watched as you've taken a detour here or a detour there, but I have watched you chase after me with all of your heart. I've watched you take a stand when it wasn't comfortable to take a stand. I'm anointing you this day from this day forward with an anointing to lead others like you have never dreamed possible. There's an anointing coming on you to not only understand business, to apply, but to apply the business that God's given you. There's an anointing on you to go deeper into the things of God. The cry of your heart has been heard. And on this day and in this moment, it is time stamped here and forevermore that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man what God has going to do in your life. And there he is. There's the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're relax, never relax, gonna relax. Let, you're never you don't gonna have to fall, but you, there's a place of relaxing in the spirit. That's it. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna oh, let thank you, Lord. Me He'll never let you down. He's never gonna let you down. You're He's never gonna, gonna let you down. Let, He's never gonna let you the service and even though the altar call was not for you God has had his eye on you the entire service and he's got such a special plan for you the enemy would have loved to have stolen who you really are the core of who you are but the call of ministry is on your life 
But I will tell you this in Romans, it says, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. It's a legal term, meaning they cannot be taken back. Gifts are plural, but calling is singular. There is a singular call on your life, but you have many gifts to fulfill that call. Don't try to figure this out in the natural. Over the next 32 days, pray in, the, pray in tongues more than you've ever prayed in tongues. Write, 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 write. I hear the Lord saying, write. Journal like you've never journaled before. Have it, thank you, Father. The expectation of the righteous shall be granted. You watch what God does. You, there he is. There's the anointing right there for it. There's the anointing for it. Thank you, Lord, for a day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this word that has been brought forth this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise. Would you put your hands together right now and give the Lord praise in this room for his word? Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dean. As we travel the country, Dean shares the message of hope to students all over the country. And one of the things that we have, we've got a table set up out front. It will help us just share the word and keep uh, spreading words of hope. We've got a daily devotion that Dean wrote. It's three, Hope 365. We've got those back there at the table. If you'd like to take advantage of those, they're back there. This is the first church we've had this book at. It's called Words Matter. He talked to you today about your words and how they matter. This is a book that he's got out there. It's available at the table. We've got several of those. And starting on September the 24th, um, right on BVOVN and um, on several networks, the Dish Network and several, we have a brand new TV program that's coming out. It's a weekly TV program. It's called You Matter TV with Dean Sykes. We'd like you to look at that. There's some cards at the table. If you'd like to uh, watch that program, it's on BVOVN, Dish Network, Roku, uh, Apple TV. It's on our app. We have several things available. Would you take advantage of those and help us get the message of hope out to students around the world? And would you put your hands together one more time for what God has done here this morning? Father, we thank you so much for what you've done. We ask that you would seal this word, God, and we are not going to come out of our agreement. Father, bless the people of God as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you.